All right, everyone done okay? Yep. All right, good. Good, good. We're going to be talking about hearing God this morning. And um, I just have to say, like, I've, I've been a Christian now for over 30 years. And it was, um, I know you're probably wondering if I'm even 30 years old, but um, yeah, yeah, right. Um, but early on in my journey as a Christian, I decided that I'm going to trust that God will speak to me and that he will lead me and that um, he will guide me. I saw this as I read the Bible. I could see that is what people who followed Jesus did. Um, I saw other people who chose to live like that. They were always talking about, like, I'm going to go and pray and see what God says to me. And, uh, you know, that people were... As I was going, started you know going to church, the young Christian, they were saying that this is this is the normal Christian life. This is what people do, and um, this is so. Uh, I mean, an example of this was um, back in the early '90s. I know that's a long time ago now, but um, I just recently finished uh, university and got married, and um, was working in a in a job, and just sort of felt this like gut feeling of like, I think think that there's a change coming, you know, I think there's a change coming. And so I started to ask God, God, is this you or is this just, is it, is it just circumstances that's making me feel like that? Is, is, this, is, this, is this what, is something coming that you've got planned for us? And I um, started to talk to people about it and, and, you know, obviously talking to Jacinda and we're praying and, and, um, and in the midst of that, my, the boss at my job, just completely out of the blue, said to me, he said, you know, Matt, you know, what, what you need right now in your career is you need to go, you need to go overseas and, um, and get some experience overseas. And that was the very thing that we were, we were thinking that God was speaking to us about. It's like this gut feeling of like we're supposed to be going, going out of New Zealand for a season. And... Um, and there were other these little, other little things that just sort of happened along the way. And as we prayed about this whole thing, and we're thinking, yeah, we just sort of felt it's England, and and prayed some more, and it just felt right. And um, and I did this thing, and this is something that um, it's pretty it's pretty smart, um, I have to say, and you know, especially for a guy that you know in his twenties. And I've sort of followed this a lot over over my life. Is that when there's a big decision. What, what, I, what I did then and what I also continue to do, and you may want to take this and put this one in your back pocket as well, is um, made a decision, set a date, I'm going to make the decision on this day here, but then you don't actually have to make it happen until here. So at this point here, we make the decision saying, you know, and so we did, we said, yep, we're going to go to England. But we didn't buy tickets or anything. We just we told people, we said, we made the decision, we're going, we're going to go, and we're going to go at this kind of time. And what, without what, leaving that time to kind of just allow God to, to kind of, um, I call it the gutometer, um, just allow God to sort of like work on your gutometer and just sort of, if it's, is it, is it feel like it's okay? Is, is there peace about it? Or is there starting to get like, oh, is it, when we think about it, do we feel like there's this stress about it? God, God lead us, God speak to us. And like right from that, right from when we said, yes, we're going to when we bought the tickets, it's about six weeks later, just felt this complete peace like this is the right thing. Even with, we had one friend 
because we're talking to people about this and getting some, you know, big decision, leaving, leaving, moving countries. I know there's a lot of you out there that have, uh, that have done that. Um, and uh, we had one friend that said, like, oh, I don't think you should go. He's actually a really good friend, and I think he was more, possibly might have been coming out the fact that he's going to miss, he's going to miss us. And um, so I don't think you should go. I don't know if this is right. You know, have you been praying about it? And, and we talked it through and we prayed it through. And, and he, at the end of the day, says, you know what? I really do feel this is God, you know. And another thing to just to take away in this thing that you get, another thing for your back pocket that you want to do. If you've got an idea and or you feel like you're, you're needing to do this or to do that and you talk to people about it and they, they push back on it, if your idea falls over, when they push back on it, it should fall over, you know? But if it stands strong, then it's a good thing, you know? So, so we ended up, we ended up uh, oh, and then in the midst of this as well, okay, so we're going to go to England. So like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do when we get there? Is it like, what, church-wise? Or, you know, where are we going to live? And we just contacted a whole bunch of people, sent some faxes. Um, and um, you know, on one one day we got, you know, I just obviously didn't have my own fax machine. I wasn't that important uh, or rich, um, but we had one at our work. And um, this fax came into my to my work from some of the um, contacts that I was making, and it was from the Vineyard Churches over in the UK. And um, we'd sort of just been talking to someone, and they're saying, "Here's a list of the Vineyard Churches that are in um, that are in the UK," and at the bottom line it said. And there's a new church that will be starting up in Oxford in May in 1992. And um, yeah, so that, that, was, that was the line. And I read that. And as I read that, I just felt this incredible rush of the presence of God just, just come out of nowhere. And it was just like, what was that? You know, I'm looking at this, this thing and it's like, wow. You know, what was that? I'm thinking like, this is obviously, I felt like, you know, try my best to interpret these things that happen along the way. I felt like this was God speaking to me, saying this is where we're meant to go. So I was thinking, like, I wonder if the same thing's going to happen to Jacinda. And so I brought her the, the facts home, and I said, like, have a look at this. And she, she read it, and she you know, got to the bottom and read it, and she said, oh, that's nice, and put it down. <laughs> and, um, um, but you know what? Over the next couple of days, she came back to me and she said, you know, I've just got this funny feeling is that maybe we should be going to Oxford. And, um, and that's, it was where we ended up. And anyway, the punchline of that story is that we spent three remarkable years over, over in England at that church in Oxford. In the middle of that, um, had a very um, powerful encounter with God calling us into pastoral ministry and um, really was just a, uh, just a wonderful season. And it's just a little story with little bits and pieces of us doing our best along our journey of life and faith that trying to trying to hear from God and the thing is I know that so many of you as I look around so many of you here have got similar stories like like lots of you have got these kind of stories um it's almost to the day four years ago where Jacinda and I we invited a whole bunch of people into our into our home and we shared the story of what we felt that God was talking to us about about starting this vineyard church up on the Hibiscus Coast. Um, so four years ago, none of this was existed. And, um, and we just had a whole lot. We knew people in the area. We knew that if, if this was in God's heart 
to be, to come into existence, this church, then, then there would be people that God would be speaking to and leading about coming and being a part of this thing. So we just, we knew some, some, some people were in other churches, but they lived up this way, and they were friends, and we just, but we, and we just, and there were some people that were um, up here that we weren't connected to any churches, and we just gathered them all and said, look, look, you know, you're our friends, we'll just tell you, tell you what's, what we feel is, that God is, is saying to us, what, um, what's going on, and shared a little bit of the story, and then we, we said, just what I said then, like, we have this expectation that if this is what God has for the Hibiscus Coast, a vineyard church up here, then he's going to speak to some of you about this. And we said, look, this whole thing of hearing from God, I know it's a little, a little tricky, and uh, we all hear from God in different ways, and some of us, you know, are, are further on in that journey than others. But go away and pray and see if God will speak to you. And went into the Christmas break, and then in the, um, in the new year, we, we got back in touch with people, and there was about four families, and they came back to us and they said, we have prayed about this, and God has spoken clearly to us that we're meant to be a part of this thing. And so at the you know, start of February, and through, back there, um, um, you know, four of us families, were we just started worshiping together in our lounge on a Sunday afternoon, and then families joined us and other people joined us and then and then here we are you know it's um i know that for many of you here that um you you talk funny you've got an accent you've immigrated here and we love that we love that we're so glad that you're here like seriously we're just so i love the fact that there are just accents everywhere do you know that one in three aucklanders um weren't born in new zealand did you know that that's that's it's a lot of people. My daughter's one of them. She wasn't born in, she's born in Oxford. And, um, but she doesn't talk too funny. Um, sometimes she talks funny. Um, but, you know, when you move to a different country, that's a huge decision. It's a huge decision. And it's, it's tough. And, you know, I love hearing some of your stories about just, just that, that, that season of just like, oh, this is, God is, you've got, to, you've got to lead us in this. You've got to lead us. This is so big. We've got family that are going, don't go, don't go. And, you know, the, just the, that place where you grow up is just so much home, just so deeply a part of who you are. You know, but here you are. You know, you've, you've sought and you've, you've done your best to, like, hear from God, the leading of God. And, I know that with, I'm just tell, telling, telling some of these little, little stories, I know that with, with the hub, we, for those of you that don't know, we have uh, some, uh, we rent some space down in Silverdale Village, we call it the hub, and uh, it's wonderful, there's offices there, there's a big meeting space there, not big enough for Sunday mornings, but um, we just recently had the 24-7 prayer there, and um, when we were looking for some space, we were looking all over the place, and you know, it's either Things are either too too small or the wrong place or you know, too expensive, and and Jacinda saw the, the place that we now call the hub, and uh, and she's and God spoke to her about the scripture. Was it in Isaiah? It was in Isaiah. It was talking about rebuilding the broken places and being being a uh, uh, you know bringing life to places that were that were broken, and uh, and she says like this is you know I think this is where we're meant to be, and. Me because I'm you know very very 
finely tuned in my relationship with God, you know. Just, we're just like, it's like a direct line, you know. I turned to him and I said, nah, that's not the place. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but um, it was the place. It was the place. And, uh, and there we are. And, uh, boy, the life that's happening in that place. I mean, how many people here just in the 24-7 prayer just in the last, um, just heaps, and just, boy, the rich stories that are, that are coming out of that. And, you know, but when it comes to this thing of hearing God, I'm just so aware that we're all just trying to figure this thing out. What does it look like for us? And I remember as a, as a kid, I grew up in a Presbyterian church. I remember hearing this thing of, of like people hearing from God and God speaking to them. And I was just thinking like, well, how does that, how does that work? You know, you just sit there and there's this big kind of like, boy, Matt, you know, I have plans for you. Sort of voice that comes booming out. I mean, these stories in the scriptures of, of where um, writing just appeared on a wall to give a message to people. There's stories in scriptures where God sp- spoke through a donkey. And, um, and yet there is little hints all the way through the, the scriptures of God just speaking to people with just in this sort of still small voice, just in, in, in their inner person. And um, so, so, you know, we're, I know that for all of us, we, we are trying to work this thing out. We, we hear enough about in the scriptures and from other people of God speaking and God leading that we go, this must be part of, of the deal for us. Let me, um, let me read you a quote from Dallas Willard. And you, Dallas Willard, he's just an incredible resource for people who want to go deeper in their walk with God. He is just a, a just an, just a, had a, he's, he's passed away just recently, and, but he's left us just a rich, rich resource of many writings. And um, he, um, I think he was a professor of philosophy at a secular university, um, but his whole life was, he's just deep, deep man of faith and just, you know, taking the understanding, just the, I guess the understanding of people and, and life and as well as of God and faith together and just saying this is, and it comes up with this is what life is meant to be in, in, in God. And um, I've got books on my shelf that are very, very well worn because of the richness that's, uh, that's come from them. He says this, hearing God, question mark, a daring idea, some would say, presumptuous and even dangerous, but what if we are made for it? Is it not, in fact, more presumptuous and dangerous to undertake human existence without hearing God? More presumptuous and dangerous to undertake human existence without hearing God. Let's just, let's just pray before we carry on. God, just... Just come, just come and open our heads and our hearts to what you would have us, have, you would say to us this morning, what you would have for us this morning. God, I, I know many of the people that are here and their journeys and some of their stories and some of, the, some of the seasons where you've spoken clearly to them and they would just say with absolute confidence, God spoke to me and other seasons where it's been tough and they've been like, God, what is going on? I can't seem to... To, to know your, hear your voice or know your plans. And God, we're all in this mix of, of, of working this thing out. And some are further down 
the journey than others. But God, I pray that you'd plant in us this morning, just plant in us, just a, a desire, God, a, a hunger, God, to, to want to be people who would be led by you, would, would hear your voice, would walk with you on a daily basis and invite you into everything that is a part of what we do. God, that that would be something you'd plant, you'd increase that desire in us this morning so that we would be people that would, uh, would daily say, we, we, we walk with you, we talk with you, we hear you, we're led by you. Amen. Amen. So here's a question for you. This may be, you know, this may be for some of you, but like, you know, why, why don't we listen to God? And, you know, I'm sure that there's been seasons for us that uh, we don't listen to God. It's like, do we, do we not believe that he's, he will speak to us or do we not know if we'd recognize it even if he did? Is that why we don't sort of listen to God? But, but I think one of the big reasons that we don't listen to God is that because God might speak to us. God might speak to us. What do you mean, Matt? Well, you know, we we have this this kind of relationship with God where we've got this nagging feeling sort of deep in us where we go like, maybe God might get me to do something that's like not going to be that much fun or I don't want to do or it's, you know, it might be uncomfortable and, you know, he might say, hey, hey, Matt, how about that thing that you kind of need that's been a you know a bit of a bit of an issue. It's like how about we get that sorted out? How about we deal with that? It's like oh that's a little uncomfortable. You know? It's like he might say hey, isn't it about time you started financially supporting your church? Yeah, you might say that. Well, that's a bit that might be a bit uncomfortable. You know he might ask you to do something like um, I loved. Um, I love the story. I mean, Nikki and John are at the back there, and we went to Nepal with them earlier this year. And we were when we talked about, hey, we're going to, you know, head up there, and um, and um, they just went on this journey of going, like, you know, John was in a real challenging time with his job, and it was like, but they just had this thing of like, we just feel like we're meant to go, and it was there was financial cost, there was work challenges, and they, and they just said, well, but so not easy, but they just, you know, we just we just got to go. We're glad you went. That was awesome. Someone asked you to do something that's just, you know, is not that easy. He may ask you to uh, say, you know, it's about time that you start laying down you making your own decisions about your life and you start doing life based on what I'm going to lead you into. It's kind of like he may say, hey, how about you make me Lord of your life? And that's what he wants. And he, you know, very likely he will be saying that. But here's the deal. He is good. And when he leads you into things, they are good. They might not always be comfortable. How many people have ever done something that's been hard and at the end they just go, mate, that was awesome. Yeah, like there's a lot of hands, you know. So it's not about, life is not about comfort. Life is about us stepping into the fullness of what God would have for us. I'll tell you another thing too about this whole thing of hearing from God and why we don't listen. There's this thing called the UFO syndrome that I've been reading about. The UFO syndrome. You might kind of get a... What it is is that some people think that they see UFOs. 
whatever they see or whatever's going on, but then when they, they very quickly work out that when they talk to someone about it, people are going like, I think you might not be quite getting it there, buddy. Um, you know, it's like, they, and they very quickly learn, I'm not going to talk about, you know, I definitely saw something, but I'm not going to talk about it because it's just not worth the ridicule. There's, a, there's an actress called Lily Tomlin. She's pretty old now, but she said this. Why is it that when you speak to God, we are said to be praying, but when God speaks to us, we're said to be schizophrenic? <laughs> it's that kind of thing too. Sometimes we're like, man, it's like this listening to God thing and God speaking to me. When I talk to people, I'm just going to think like, well, you know, something wrong. But if that is, if any of those things are part of the mix, what that is, that, that fear of God, if we're scared that God is going to speak to us, it's because our, we, we don't understand who God is. Because God is good. He will speak to us. He wants to speak to us, but he is good. The things that he leads in, us into are going to be things that are going to be good. Not always hard. Not always easy, I mean. Sometimes they'll be hard. Sometimes he might ask you to move countries and you know I'm looking around there's a lot of people from other places here that's a big deal if you've never done it you just got no idea you walk into a supermarket in a new country and you just go like what the heck is this you know you just don't know what anything is I mean this is just one thing you don't know who's a who's a mechanic you can trust and and um you don't know um it's just so many things that you just have to work out, like which is a good bank and which is a bad bank and how does banking even work and you know, over here. And it's just so much. It's big. But God is good. And if we've got to be people that say yes to listen. So, we, so let, me, let me talk about why we should listen. You know, every, every one of us, we stand today looking out at our life ahead and we, we can make all sorts of decisions. You know, I often sort of think like, oh, what if I'd have decided to study to be an airplane pilot or what if I'd have decided to, to be a, um, an, like an international photographer or um, just got a, a young nephew who's embarking on that sort of career and he's, you know, it's like what a different life when you're going all these places all the time and you know, your life could be so different, but we all, today, we all stand looking out at our future, and there's lots of decisions that are in front of us, aren't there? There's, and, and there's something in the midst of that where we can look out of it and we can go, oh, that's, there's, there's a weight about that. You know, that feels heavy because there's like, what if I... What if I make one of these big decisions and it's and it's wrong and it takes me that way and and it's that way is not where I'm meant to go and what if it's what if it's supposed to be to be that way? You know, what if what if there's good things but it's only gonna happen if I choose right and and oh what if I choose wrong and I'm gonna miss out on those things and, and I I know that you know opportunities don't come around all that often and and if I make bad decisions, sometimes the consequences of those, they just stay with me for years and years and years. It's like, ah. 
you know, and, and a, lot of, a lot of people and a lot of, a lot of young people, not, not our young people because they're awesome, but a lot of young people, they make decisions by just going, oh, what's, what feels good and, you know, what's everyone doing and where should we go? Let's just do what everyone else is doing and, you know, whatever turns me on, I'm just going to get into that. And, um, and what, you, what young people find when they live like that is that uh, after a few disasters, they go on like, I've got to work out how to get better at making decisions about how to decide some of these big things in life. I've got to get better at it. And you can come to a place where, as Christians, we go, we just come to a place where we've just got this just deep burning need. We just need, we just need to work out how do I get this from God? How do, how do I find God to be this continual guiding presence in my life to lead me into the good things that I know he has for us? You know, I know a number of you have been over to our, our home and um, we've, um, we feel very blessed. We've got a little bit of, you know, we've got a, a, a couple of acres and... and um, but then, you know, when you have a couple of acres, the grass grows. And, um, and, you know, like mowing two acres of grass is not that much fun. So we've got some sheep. So, um, and um, we've got four ewes and, um, and some lambs that won't be there next year. Um, but, but come over for dinner. <laughs> uh, but out of those four ewes... Two of them were, um, there was one night a while back, uh, you know, a few years back now, stormy night, and I just remember hearing this sort of, like, sort of squeaky little noise, thought it was one of the kids' radios, and I thought, well, maybe that's one of our, you know, maybe it's a lamb that's just been born, stormy, cold, it was about 11 o'clock at night, thought I oh, will put the, took the torch out, and um, went into the paddock, and um, the mum um, was, was there dead in the paddock that had just given birth and but I can hear these little little tiny little you know half an hour old bleats um so where is this you know went over the next paddock went over the neighbor's place right at the far back corner of the neighbor's place there's these two little scrawny lambs so the mum had given birth to these two things and two lambs (laughs) and um and they were just sitting there shivering just and so, you know, one under each arm and back over the fences and get to the back door and knock, knock, knock on the door. And, and um, Jacinda and the daughters came up and I said... <laughs> <laughs> but these two lambs, so no mum. Um, I've got a friend who's a farmer and, and uh, I said, look, what do we do? And he said, well, obviously all the... Um, Farming supply stores are all closed at that time of the night, so probably the best thing that you could do is if you just go and if you could just go and try and milk the dead mum. I'm such a city boy. I'm like, yeah, really? Like, what is that? Anyway, these we we hand raised these two little lambs, and um, and those are two of our ewes that we now have. And um, like when you go into see most sheep, if you go near them, they just run. Okay, these guys, these two guys, I'll go, hey, come on. They come running to me. They come running to me. And um, because we've got, we're friends. <laughs> we've, we've got a friendship. And, um, 
and and I've got a bag of a bag of sheep nuts, and that keeps me in the popular um, place. You know, you get a handful of these things. They just love these things, and um, and so and because of those two have been um, feel completely um, safe and trust us. Um, the other two ewes that we have have learned to uh, to trust us as well, and one took a while to come towards us, um, and uh, but you know now comes running up as well. Loves um, loves her uh, cheeks being tickled. So so you know if they don't get sheep nuts, they get a nice little tickle on the cheek, and so yeah, we've told you we're friends. So um, but they just know that if they come to me that they're going to get something good. You know, they're going to get some, something good. They're either going to get a, a snack or a treat or, a, or at least a tickle on the cheek. So, so if you ever want to, like, make, you know, win the love of a sheep, just tickle on the cheek. But there's something about, you know, I know that there's plenty of pictures in the Bible that talks about how we are sheep and, and Jesus is our shepherd. And, um, and yet so much of the world, when, when Jesus is... A, is around or when a person is around is like when a person is around sheep the sheep run away but sheep that love their shepherd they come running because they know that there's going to be good things and this is why we can come to Jesus we can come to God with with an open ear an open heart to what he would have for us what he would speak to us is because he is he is the good shepherd He's got good things for us. And I think of that picture and I think about what we read from Dallas Willard earlier on. And is it, is it not in fact more presumptuous and dangerous to undertake human existence without hearing God? It's that, it's that so many sheep run from people. But when they come, they get something good. Let me, let me give you some help on this thing, because I know that you know, I'm a practical guy. I always like to give people some practical things to, to, to take away when it comes to this whole thing of hearing from God. But I just so hope that all of us go away this morning just with this fresh like, enthusiasm for like going, I need, I need to work this thing out. I need to hear from God. I need to learn about this whole thing. And um, here's, some, here's some things that will, will help you. you know, we, because we need help. As we grow in this thing, and we need we need help to know what is what is from God and what is from not, what is from not. Yeah. It does actually say what is not, <laughs> and say what yeah, and and also to just to keep us away from folly. Let me read you another quote from Dallas Willard here. We are all too familiar with the painful confusion of individuals who make big efforts to determine God's will for them. People who are frequently devout and sincere, we see them make dreadful errors following a whim or chance event that because of their desperation they force to serve as a sign from God. You know, so, you know, we do have to just be a little, you know, have some caution. Excuse me. If you really want to grow in this thing of hearing God, hearing from God, I'm going to recommend a book. Dallas Willard, he wrote a few more books towards the end of his life, but earlier on in his life, he wrote, he wrote one book every 10 years. And it, each one of those books are just so, so good. And he wrote a book 
uh, it may have even been his first or second book, and it was called this, uh, In Search of Guidance, and has more, you know, recently got retitled Hearing God. And um, this is the best thing you will ever read when, if you are someone that wants to, to grow in, in hearing God, really. And if you're not like a big book person, his website, um, dwillard.com, has got heaps of resources, just articles and, and you know, lots and lots of things. And it's like everything that he, he does is just you come away and thinking like that is something that is going to change my life, really. I mean, it's not a lot of people I would say that about. I'd say it about him. I'd say it about C.S. Lewis. It's, the Bible's good as well. Okay. So, and, and look, particularly, you know, you may be in a season right now and you think, like, boy, could I do with hearing from God on this thing? You'll read the first couple of chapters and you go, yeah, this guy's, this guy's onto it. This guy's, this guy's worked some things out. But there's also some, uh, let me just add a few things to this um, that may help you. And let me just be clear is that this is not the sort of thing. The thing of hearing from God, we're all so different. The, the, way that we, the way that God will speak to us will be different for each of us. And it's a journey that we're on. Uh, it's not going to be listening to me for half an hour on a Sunday. It's all of a sudden gonna, you're going to go from zero to 100 on, on this whole thing of being able to, to hear from God. Um, but there is some great advice and some great um, little punchlines that you can take away and I've, I've stolen them from the Alpha course and so those of you that recently done the Alpha course this will be very familiar to you and um, they've come up with these, these five things and I've added another one uh, as well and they all start with C and S okay, so C and S um, so the first one when you're looking for, for, for guidance, looking for hearing from God is commands from scripture so if you're getting this sudden sense that I really feel that the best way to support my church is to start robbing banks. Okay, let's go back to the Bible. Thou shalt not steal. Um, you know, if, there, if, you're, if you're wondering, you know, whether you, you should be in your marriage and you, maybe the, the lady next door might be better than the wife you've got right now, Get back to the Bible. You know, that's not God. That is not God speaking to you. You know, that if, you, if you're trying to work out whether I should be a person that is, uh, a person that is generous with my finances and, and gives, you know, yeah, you can see that in the Bible. If that's what you're, God's saying, it's probably right. You know, if you're, if you're wondering, like, I feel like maybe I should forgive this person, you go to the Bible, I'm thinking that's exactly what you should be doing. That's, you know... And if you're thinking like, I feel like God's saying like I should never forgive this person, it's like, no. <laughs> the Bible teaches us. The Bible is, is this rich, rich resource, this living word that, that God has given us to, as a, as a, as a, uh, to help understand him and to help understand doing life together. Should I pay my taxes? Yes. You know, if the whole world just followed the Ten Commandments, I reckon the newspapers would go out of business. You know? All you'd get was those, would be those feel-good stories about this guy who's got lambs that let him tickle their cheeks. <laughs> so, commands from scriptures. Okay. Second one, 
is compelling spirit. And you might think, well, that sounds a bit weird. What's that all about? He says, well, in Acts 22, uh, Acts 20, 22, um, Paul, the apostle, was just talking about how he felt compelled by the spirit to go to Jerusalem. And uh, it's just like that, that sort of nudge, that sort of sense, I just feel like this is, this is right. And that on its own, is you wouldn't want to make big decisions just, just with that, but you also want to definitely trust that. You know, so because all of these things together are are, are helpful, you've got to you've got to have them sort of all together. And it's like like I know I kind of talk about my the gutometer, and you think oh that's not very it doesn't sound very spiritual it doesn't sound very scientific it just you know but I'm a big believer in God leading people. If we pray about something, if we say God lead me, God God speak to me about this. God don't let me miss. What, what is right here, um, then I believe that he works on this, this kind of gutometer and sometimes you're just like, oh, I'm just not sure and this thing's just sort of swimming and all of a sudden you land on something it's like... And you just sort of feel like, I just feel like this is right. This just feels right. Compelling spirit. Um, I was... Um, a number of you know that um, uh, while we've been starting the church here, I've been working at another job. And um, in an engineering company, civil engineering company, and um, just trying to work out the way forward with um, how do I balance this? And um, and as the church has grown, knowing that it's needing more and more um, of my availability, and um, try, just couldn't get. It was just like this, like thing was just swirling around. When when do I look at the timing around? Um, moving further away from that to be more available here just like this thing was just swinging around and around and and um we had uh, on our one of our emerge leadership training uh weekends um which is a leadership training program that uh, the vineyard new zealand runs um and there's some information about that on the info table if you're at all interested in that um it comes under vineyard training um but we were driving down to one of the intensives with myself and, and steve and steve Plummer. And um, and I was just I was just sort of talking about you know to, to Steve so like you know here's the here's the pros and here's the cons and you know and Steve just sort of nodding nodding away and um, not saying a lot and um, it was just in the process of that trip I just sort of felt like I just went I you know but sort of about a day or two afterwards I just like I just know compelling compelling spirit number three common sense common sense um, if you haven't got any. Make sure you have friends that have got some. Um, you know, when Paul the Apostle, again, he wrote to one of his young leaders, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 2.7, he just gave him a whole lot of advice, and then he says, just think about this, reflect on this, think about this, get it into you. This is like, this is wisdom. He says, reflect on this, think about it. So common sense is important. Number four, the council of the saints. You can tell they're starting to get desperate the Alpha Course trying to get these CSs. What it means is just like, just get some smart, just talk about it with some smart people, some Christians. You know, the, the, the saints. We're, you know, anyone that's chosen to follow Jesus, you're a saint. Tell that to your husband and your wife. I'm a, I'm a saint. <laughs> I'll go <look. laughs> um, So Council of the Saints, or if you want to keep the CSs and you're married to someone with an S name, you can be the Council of Steve, or the Council of Susie, or the Council of Sarah, or... Um, but the council of the saints, it's, um, you know, it's like if you've got something, you're just pondering a big decision. It's like, like, what do you think? What do you reckon? It's like, 
And um, you know, it's, it's, it's the coolest thing when you're with a group of friends and you've really just got this like, oh, I really just don't know, don't know. And then you talk to people and say, hey, look, I'm just stepping out on a limb here. I just want to tell you about this thing that I've been thinking about. And um, what do you think? And everyone just goes, of course. Everyone goes, of course. You should. Oh, it's just so obvious. And it's like, it's just so cool when that happens. And it's also cool, although maybe not what you expect, when they all go like, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't think that's, it's, ooh, you know, don't think that's for you. So that's helpful. Number five, circumstantial signs. And um, I've sort of got a verse here from Proverbs, Proverbs 16, verse 9. It says, um, a man can plan his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And, um, and sometimes just along the way, you know, the Lord will put things in the mix that will be like, hmm. You know, like that when I was talking about us heading over to England and just out of the blue, my boss just says like, oh, I think you should probably carry on your career. And another, you know, overseas would be great for your education. I mean, it may be he's just trying to get rid of me. It's just, <laughs> but, um, but with that was, it just spoke to us. It's like, wow, that's never, ever said anything about that before. And it was part of the mix. So those are the five that the Alpha course gives you. And I'm just going to add another one too. And you can tell I'm desperately trying to keep the CS thing going. Um, I've called this connecting supernaturally. Um, there's this prophetic thing. There's this thing of the supernatural. There's a thing of dreams. And I would love to talk about dreams. I'm a, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people look at dreams and he, getting guidance from God from dreams is a little bit like the UFO syndrome. And, um, but obviously need to be cautious. Um, but I'm a big believer in God speaking to people through dreams. Did you know that... Um, I wasn't going to get into this. I'll just try and do this for 60 seconds. You know, when you dream, the, the activity that's happening in your brain happens in a different part of your brain than when you are awake. And it's a part of the brain that um, it doesn't automatically connect into your memory. So it happens, you've, you know, and so that's why you wake up in the night and you'll go like, man, I just had the coolest dream, and uh, I'll tell you about it in the morning. And um, you go back to sleep in the morning. You can't remember it at all because it hasn't transferred across into that part of your brain that, uh, where memory is stored. So if you, if you actually have a dream you want to remember, you actually have to stop and, and maybe write it down, talk to someone about it, because in the act of doing that, transfers it into the, into the memory part of your brain, and you can remember it. So there are times, and I know I've spe- it's, it's happened to me, I've, I know I've talked to people where this has happened, where they wake up with this dream, and it's like it's just it's happened in a different part of their brain. It's like it's, like, it's so vivid, it's so real, um, that it's just unforgettable. And it's like, it's like, I'm always like, whenever I hear that, I'm thinking, like, that's interesting, you know? And, uh, but then interpreting dream, even interpreting prophecy, and we're going to talk about prophecy um, maybe soon. Um, but... Um, into it, it's, it's, it's tough because you've got these three things. You've got the revelation, you've got the interpretation, and then you've got the application. Okay, so it's not always easy just going like, oh, I've just had a dream. I'm going to change jobs. I'm going to move to Hawaii. Um, it's, um, but it's a very real way that, um, that, that, that God can speak to us. So connecting supernaturally, I know that um, when... Jacinda and I were pondering this whole thing of the pastoral ministry, and you know we both studied in different places, uh, in different careers. When we and uh, yet just this growing sense of like God, is this you? 
Well, I was listening to a John Wimber teaching on, um, on guidance, and you know, one of the things he says is, if you're looking at making a big decision, he says, just get on the carpet and pray, and don't get up till he speaks. And, um, and it was like about an eight-month season of really asking God, God, what is this? And it culminated in a... Um, it was real interesting the way God orchestrated this, but I was working over in England, and... We had this girl who had just become a Christian in our, uh, in our home group, and um, brand new Christian, and she came uh, to us and just said, like, I just had this weirdest thing. And she said, I think Matt's supposed to go to this conference over in California. My first response was, like, you're only a two-week-old Christian. Like, surely that can't be, you know, from God. Terrible, terrible thing, because God can speak to anyone, anytime. He speaks to non-Christians. And... Um, and my response was like, I can't because I'm right in the middle of this project. And anyway, this project just miraculously wrapped up about five, you know, uh, and was, I was clear about five days before this conference. And then there's some other things in the mix there. Ended up going to this conference, which is in California. And um, in the midst of that time there, just had a profound, profound encounter with God where he spoke, you know, prophetically about pastoral ministry. He had this this experience of experiencing the power of God just on my body. I think I talked about that a few weeks ago. And um, very much it was, this, it was this guidance that came from this thing that I've called connecting supernaturally. So the CSs, you know, there's six of them there that are hopefully is helpful for you as you're thinking about this thing. Now, you don't need to have all six line up, but you definitely want to have at least sort of two or three or four kind of kicking in if you're making some big decisions around this thing here. Let me finish with this. Again, just let me quote Dallas Willard. You can tell he's one of my bros. Um, he says, it says, Few people arise in the morning hungry for God. Few people arise in the morning hungry for God. But he goes on to say, but it's in that place of companionship with God that, that real life flows, that this, this whole thing of just hearing from God, knowing his voice and recognizing it flows. He says this, Spiritual people are not those who engage in certain practices. They are those who draw their life from a conversational relationship with God. Now, there were, for those of you that know the story, when Jesus, it's the Easter story, and Jesus was put in this tomb. He was killed, put in this tomb. And then on the Sunday, the stone was off the tomb, and the tomb was empty. And there was two men that were walking on this road to Emmaus scratching their heads and going like, what is this all about? You know, Jesus talked about him being the, the, the Messiah, the Savior, the chosen one, the one that was going to save and rescue Israel. Um, but then they killed him, and it's like, and now the tombs are, well, like, what? And, they were, and, and then all of a sudden, Jesus appeared next to them, but they didn't recognize him. So he must have looked different. His, his resurrected body would look different. And, and, and he was saying, so what's, what's going on? And they sort of talked with him, and he, and he started to talk to them about what, this, what these events all mean. And it, and it records this in the scriptures that while he was with them, their hearts burned within them. While he was with them, their hearts burned within them. And let me, let me finish with this. This is Dallas Willard again. Today, as God's trusting apprentices, we live with an intermittently burning heart. His word pours into our, into our heart, energizing and directing our life in a way that cannot be accounted for in natural terms. And we live with this intermittently burning heart. But my hope that 
on the back of today is not so much that you've got like a, a, a how-to guide for hearing from God, but just that you come away thinking like God does speak and you've just got you know, a bit more burn in your heart for I want to be this person that walks with God, talks with Him, hears from Him, is led by Him. So why don't, we, why don't we stand together? Why don't we stand together as we finish? And I know that for many of you, you all have had those times when you've had your heart burning within you for like, man, I've just got to get more of God. I'd love to hear His voice more. I'd love to know Him more. But how's your, how's your heart this morning? How's your heart this morning? You know, even just, uh, I know that for some of you have talked to you as you've arrived this morning, you've had really tough weeks, you know, and it's tough. Your heart's probably just, feels a bit hammered. But when it comes to your heart for God, how's your heart this morning? 